0: This is your host, Dr. Bill Scott, at the Wounded Under Shepherd Podcast. Thank you for listening, and I hope that the podcast will be a blessing uh, to you today. Uh, if this is your first time listening, uh, I would encourage you, uh, if I may, to listen to the initial podcast so that you will better understand the purpose and mission of this podcast. Hebrews 6.10 is the foundational scripture for the podcast. It is in that passage where the scripture states that God is faithful and that He will reward those who have ministered to His saints. So I encourage you to look that up, uh, Hebrews 6.10, and as always, uh, as I state in almost every podcast, the uh passage is not written directly to pastors or under shepherds, but uh, certainly the principle applies to God's under shepherds. Um, few pastors have the luxury of, of dealing honestly with their doubts, their fears, and and their emotions, especially uh, if you have been traumatized. uh, uh as a pastor, you've been faithful to serve God's people, to uh, proclaim the truth of God's word, and uh, in most cases, although not all, uh, the handwriting is on the wall. Although people often, pastors often don't see it coming uh, when they are dismissed from the congregation, and that that leaves some very deep wounds. Uh, But this podcast is dedicated not only to those pastors who suffered the trauma of forced termination and uh, involuntary termination. This podcast is dedicated uh, to those pastors who have experienced even more trauma than just that experience alone. While that indeed is traumatic because it throws our lives in disarray, how am I going to provide for my family now? Uh, You know, uh, churches can just vote you out and just cut you off. Some churches are uh, kind enough to give you a severance package and although many do not, unfortunately. So, as an under-shepherd who has been deeply wounded by God's people, quote-unquote, how do we deal with that? I mean, what What do we do? As I've already said, uh, very few pastors have the luxury of dealing honestly with their doubts, their fears, and their frustrations, uh, and all the emotions that go with that experience. There's a number of reasons for that. Most fear rejection or even rebuke from fellow pastors. Uh, Others uh, fear being judged and misunderstood. Still others uh, wrestle with the pride issue, and uh, that is uh, pretty par for the course, if you'll excuse the golfing expression, uh, for us guys. The result's often suffering in silence. In previous podcasts, uh, I've encouraged uh, the wounded under-shepherd, that is the pastor, to journal, whether that be by writing it out on paper by hand or uh, keeping an electronic log by typing it out and saving it in a file. Today I want to broach the issue of dealing with God's silence. There's a pithy saying that goes something like this, the teacher is silent during the test. Well, I believe such pithy sayings are intended to be helpful Although I honestly question such uh, sayings, I think it may do more harm than good, to be quite honest, at least in my opinion. So, man of God, you've been faithful to preach God's Word and shepherd the flock, but you find yourself betrayed, ostracized, and even ousted. Now what do you do? Psalms 89 46 through 48, uh, offers the following. And of course, this was written thousands of years ago. It wasn't applying to pastors per se, but you'll get the, the gist of the meaning. The psalmist asks, How long, Lord? Will you hide yourself forever? Will your wrath burn like fire? Remember how short my time is. For what futility have you created all the children of men? What man can live and not see death? Can he deliver his life from the power of the grave? And so, in this particular instance, the psalmist is focused upon the silence of God. How long, O Lord, uh, will you hide yourself? Forever? Brothers, uh, sometimes we have those feelings, uh, especially when we find ourselves outed or ousted uh, from a pastorate that we've been faithful. Uh, Think of Job. Think of the anguish that he suffered during the writing uh, or or during his experience. Uh, We can't begin to fathom the depth of Job's anguish. But he too wrestled with the uh, issue of God's silence. Certainly early on, as is recorded in the book of Job, uh, when uh, Job had lost all his possessions, all his children, uh, only his wife was left and himself. Uh, early on, Job uh, bowed to the earth in worship of God. And, uh, but as time passed... Job began to experience the deafening silence uh, from God. Job's three friends came, and uh, their first seven days were great, because they sat in silence with Job and his suffering and his anguish. But, after that seventh day... uh, his three friends began a a dialogue or a monologue, whichever might be the correct way of saying it. Um, And eventually uh, they were basically just saying each in their own way to Job, come on Job, you know you're guilty of something. There's got to be some sin somewhere, some hidden sin, uh, or something along that line was their idea Because that was the default to go to since Job's suffering made no sense to them. And in the tradition of their day, God's uh, blessings were upon those who were were faithful followers and and believers. uh, And suffering was a result of some sin that someone had committed. And so they naturally just defaulted to that mindset. Well, surely Job has to be guilty of something. And dear brother, uh, if you find yourself in the uh, difficult situation of being forced terminated or forced out uh, against your own will, uh, don't be greatly surprised if some of your fellow pastors are not very supportive or not very understanding. Um, I can't explain it. It's it's just a sad reality. Thank God there are some uh, that are faithful uh, friends, and they're true friends. Uh, but there's many fair-weather friends in the pastoral ministry, unfortunately. At least that has been this pastor's experience in 30-plus years of pastoring, having been uh, forced out or put in a situation where uh, you had a little choice but to resign. Uh, so that at least has been my sad experience when it comes to pastor friends. Thank God for those few faithful ones along the way, who who stuck beside me. But anyway, you may find yourself there as well. There may be some pastor friend that you assumes your friend uh, sort of intimating. Well, you know, you probably you messed up here, or you messed up there. Come on, admit it. You know. Uh, When we're struggling with all the negative emotions and questioning uh, related to emotional and physical trauma, what can we do? A.W. Tozer in his book, The Knowledge of the Holy, uh, made the following observation, and I quote, God is said to be absolutely free because no one and no thing can hinder him or compel him or stop him. He is able to do as he pleases, always, everywhere, forever. End quote. So, what can we do when God is silent? Well, without intending to sound flippant or uh, offering a pat answer, in all sincerity, we can worship. Really, really, you think we can worship? Maybe your thought. Yes, we can choose because worship is a choice. Worship is not based on our feelings, although that is our tendency as humans. Feelings have a a proper place. I'm not saying that feelings are completely uh, irrelevant or unimportant. But our worship of God is not based upon our feelings, but is based upon who God is, upon His being, upon His person. So worship is a willful choice to bow before our Lord because of who He is, not because of how we're feeling. And believe me, uh, I, I've struggled with this off and on throughout my pastoral ministry uh, when I've experienced those times of God's silence. Job stated, though He slay me, I will hope in him, that's the English standard version of Job thirteen fifteen. Uh, when God is silent, keep trusting him. Keep on praying. Now here's the temptation. When God is silent and you're going through an excruciating period in your life, and it seems like the heavens are brass, the temptation is to stop praying completely. After all, you've prayed and God hasn't answered. Uh, God allowed you to go through this horrible ordeal. But dear brother, may I encourage you to not forget whom you serve and who has called you. Yes, we do struggle with honest questions. And it's okay to be honest with God. God, where are you? God, why aren't you answering a million questions, if as long as they're honest questions, but ultimately we must choose to continue trusting in our Lord even though it makes no sense. Oswald Chambers, in his devotional book, My Utmost for His Highest, he made an interesting observation one in which I confess I'd never thought of and perhaps may sound strange to you as well when I first read it. But here is the quote. When you cannot hear God, you will find that He has trusted you in the most intimate way possible, with absolute silence. Not a silence of despair, but one of pleasure, because He saw that you could withstand an even bigger revelation, end quote. I have to confess that was a challenging thought and still uh, something that one would have to uh, think about and, and to digest. When God is silent, the best thing we can do is to continue trusting Him. Keep on talking to Him. Keep on worshiping Him. No, my brother, that is not intended to be flippant. It's not intended to be a pat answer. But it can be borne out through the anguish of your soul as God is silent. And as the psalmist, as I read earlier, he asked, how long, O Lord? Uh, You know, sometimes it feels like an eternity when we're crying out to God and we're pouring our complaint out before Him and He just seems silent. There's no answer of any kind. So be careful, my brother. The enemy will definitely put before you the temptation to become angry at God, uh, to quit praying, to quit fellowshipping, uh, to quit reading the Word. Uh, Believe me, I know. I've, I've been there. I've done that. And uh, we're the loser when we fall for that trap. When God is silent, as I said a moment ago, the best thing we can do is to continue trusting Him, keep on talking to Him, keep on worshiping Him. The psalmist was familiar with the anguish of of God's silence. In, In another psalm, in Psalm 22, verse 2, the scripture says, Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. That's the English Standard Version of that verse. But the beautiful thing about the Psalms is they're so honest. They're so real. And yes, um, they are written by different people. There's a Psalm in there written by Moses, if I remember correctly. Yes, many of the Psalms were written by David, the psalmist. But there are also some other psalms in there who uh, they are given uh, attribute uh, or as to who wrote them. The good thing about it is it's all God's word because it's all inspired by the Holy Spirit. I know that it took me years to understand that David didn't write the entire book of Psalms, but that's another issue on on the uh, for another day. I encourage you. That if you find yourself in the place of disillusionment, despair, and depression, may you be comforted by the knowledge of God's love for you, even when you cannot feel it, even when you don't feel His presence. Worship Him. Remember, worship is a choice. It isn't based upon our feelings. It is so important that we go back to the Word of God, because often when we find ourselves in a situation that we never expected and never dreamed was possible, uh, that we go through a valley, we go through perhaps a period of depression, uh, a period of questioning. It's okay to ask honest questions. God is not offended at us asking Him honest questions. Uh, Even Jesus cried out on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Have you ever felt forsaken? Well, if you stay in the pastoral ministry uh, for many years, you're going to have some experiences I promise you where God is silent, and things are going on that you're you don't know what to think of, make of whatever God is faithful, even when he's silent, God is faithful. And again, I'm not offering that as some pat answer. It is true. So when you're going through this deep valley, keep on trusting the Lord. Worship the Lord, because He is worthy of our praise. Now may I just be very honest with you, and and just confess that I haven't always felt that way. I've been guilty uh, myself often, of basing my worship of God upon my feelings. It's that old standard of, well, I don't feel like worshiping God. And then the enemy comes in with a double whammy. And if you try to worship God, despite your despair and your anguish, then the enemy comes in with, oh, you're a hypocrite. God knows you don't really mean that. And, and on his lies go. Satan never stops. He's never going to stop. I would like to recommend uh, two different websites for you that I, uh, as I was preparing uh, for this uh, podcast, have found to be very helpful and I think would be a blessing to you as well. The first one is found at uh, crew.org slash US and the title of the article uh, that you can look for is Five Things to Do When God Seems Silent uh, this is really a, a great uh, little article, and it's not filled with uh, simpleton uh, pat answers. It, it just takes an honest look at and offers five suggestions. Uh, of course, they're not comprehensive, but they're five good suggestions. Uh, another website that uh, I found an excellent article on uh, was written by John Bloom, uh, and it can be found at desiringgod.org. Desiringgod.org. And the title of the article is, When God Seems Silent. And again, that was written by John Bloom, B-L-O-O-M. Uh, John doesn't offer pat answers either. He takes an honest look at uh, the silence of God. And he uh, is very uh, forthright in saying uh, somewhere in the article uh, about he doesn't have all the answers. And this podcast uh, fellow, he doesn't have all the answers either. But I have been in that valley more than once. I've known the heartache and the sorrow of being put out of churches, not because of moral failure or any kind of theological failure, but simply because someone in the church got upset and they either A, didn't like the preaching of the Word of God, or B, uh, something offended them and the powers that were decided it was time for this pastor to go. And brother, I am sad to say, it's sad to say, that that is becoming more and more prevalent. And I don't say that to be discouraging, I just say it to be honest. And the pastoral ministry is one of the toughest things anyone can ever do. And as a old professor of mine used to say in Bible college, you better know that you have a calling from God, because it is only that knowledge of God's call that will keep you in the ministry. Otherwise, who in their right mind would sign up for this? But God is faithful. God didn't make a mistake when He called you. You're imperfect. You have flaws. You're going to make honest mistakes. Admit the mistakes. Humble yourself when it's appropriate to do so. But don't be a doormat either. Don't be a doormat, brother. God didn't call you to be a doormat. Love God's people. Love God. But trust Him to lead the way. So I'd like to close in saying again that when God is silent. Worship Him. Let me pray. Father God, I pray for any pastor who may listen to this podcast, Lord, whenever that may be. I pray, Father, if they find themselves in the dark valley of despair and heartache and and even disillusionment, Lord. God, I pray that You will hold them close to Your heart, comfort them, Lord, and even when You're silent, Lord, may they know that you have not abandoned them, even though the enemy will try to tell them that you have. God, or the enemy will lie to them and say, well, you you committed some sin and God's punishing you. Father God, would you just give them wisdom and may they lean on you through this all. And Father, indeed, those whom you've called, you will continue to guide in your perfect way and in Your perfect time. For we pray in Christ's name, Amen. May God bless you.